Let's go talk about Michigan football. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com is standing by in the Meyer guest line. Hey, Anthony, I, and I'm not being biased. If you line up schedules and who they've beaten, Michigan should be in front of Ohio, and they beat Ohio State last year with pretty even better talent than they have now. Michigan should be in front of Ohio State in the polls. If you're someone who watches games, I think it's pretty hard to argue against that. I know that we, you know, we fall in love with with offensive production and potential and name brands, and you know, not to say that Tennessee didn't earn, you know, where they're you know they're ranked a spot above Michigan at number three, but um, I want to see you play a little bit of defense too. Uh, you know, what I saw from Michigan on Saturday, and people can call me biased. That's fine. I mean, it's pretty obvious the site. Uh, I work for and, and the fan base we serve, but this team is, I think, from top to bottom, better than last year's team. I think that their offensive line is better than last year's team. I think they have, um, you know, star power at quarterback. I think they've got two really uh, good to great backs. Blake Corum's a Heisman candidate, um, and I had a hunch that when this team finally faced a moment where. It needed, you know, a statement game could be on the table. I, I was pretty confident that they would show that. So, you know, uh, again, I'm not to say I thought that Penn State was a pretender or anything like that, but I felt that going into last week's game, Michigan had another gear to it. Uh, it had a, you know, an Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State esque gear to it. And we saw that on Saturday. I mean, if this team continues to stay locked in, I mean, all of their goals that are in front of them, they set four goals for this year. Beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win a Big Ten championship, win a national championship. Uh, it's all in front of them. They are capable of doing all of those things. Offensive line, defensive lines. After I, I was at a golf outing, I was following the game on my phone, but I DVR'd it, watched it Saturday night, went through it. And the way their O-line and D-line are playing right now, not easily, but they can win at Ohio State. Yeah, I think that there oftentimes Michigan fans or even just like regular neutral observers of college football say, well, yeah, but is it going to work against Ohio State? Can you do this against Ohio State? When you can control the line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side of the ball, obviously on the defensive side of the ball as well, when you can control what happens in that matchup, you get to dictate how a game gets played. You get to set a tone and how a game gets played. So... You know, we sit here and say, oh, is this, I think it was Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports who wrote a column about, oh, well, is this, is the old bully ball, hardball way sustainable? Yeah, yeah, it's sustainable. Because if you blow someone off the line of scrimmage like they have been, like I said, you get to set the terms of what a game looks like. So, yeah, absolutely. They, they um, you know, I know that the narrative was that Michigan hadn't played anyone, but Michigan has has pretty much blown the, the barn doors off of every team it's played so far. Um, I don't and, ha, and has been tested in some moments, too. I haven't seen that from, you know, again, I, I think that Ohio State has an edge to it this year that they didn't have last year. But, uh, you know, I need to see them do it against a quality opponent, too. So, yeah, there's all this talk about, oh, well, it, well, Saturday proved that Michigan is the the biggest challenger to Ohio State in the Big Ten. Why, why is Michigan a challenger to Ohio State? They're the defending Big Ten champion. They've won all of their games. They've looked really good doing it. I don't care what the name brand is. I don't care what the Vegas odds say. Um, Michigan is 
last year's Big Ten champion, and they look like a Big Ten champion until they're not this year. That's where we're at right now. So, yeah, they absolutely can do this again. Well, even with the impressive victory, and, and I, the, my one little maize and blue flag is I don't like their slow starts uh, so far in Big Ten play, but it's how you finish. You don't win anything uh, at the end of the first quarter or at halftime. What, what's an area you think they, Michigan needs to get better on or better in, uh, either way, uh, to run the table and win their remaining games and get back to the Big Ten championship? I think you hit on a part of it there, Bill. I think they do need to start a little bit faster. A part of that, too, is, uh, well, really, up. I mean, I think it was five games in a row or four games in a row coming into this weekend where they had scored an opening drive touchdown. Uh, too many field goals on Saturday. You know, you love, you love to have a guy like Jake Moody. I mean, he can, you know, he can probably hit one from 50 just as easily as he does from 25, 26. But you don't want to kick 25-yard field goals, 23-yard field goals, 27-yard field goals. That's that was the one area on Saturday where you don't kick field goals. There's never an opportunity for Penn State to lead that football game by two plays and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, that, that's certainly it. I, I think part of that is red zone play calling. I think that they're still kind of figuring things out there now. If you want to score all your touchdowns from sixty yards out, I, I, certainly that sort of uh, sort of helps in that regard. But. Yeah, there, there are still the, the thing about Michigan is that they they looked so dominant in a top ten matchup on Saturday, and they still haven't played a full sixty minute football, which is hard for any team to do. I mean, a lot of people are you know will hold them to oh well you know one play here, one play there. That's football. Uh, you got to play through it. You got to play a whole game. But you know, there's still a quarter, quarter and a half in a lot of these games where the lights just not on yet. So. If they're able to kind of turn to go to that next gear now, I mean, there's there's already no reason they shouldn't run the table heading into Ohio State. But if they're able to find another gear, then I think it becomes about beating Ohio State and then and then some, and then what comes after that. His name is Anthony Broom. He joins us from the Wolverine dot com talking about Michigan football. Yeah, I just I. You know, the rivalry game a week from Saturday, I think if your state coming off a win, he would rather have played this Saturday than wait another week. Uh, this matchup, let's go based on good Michigan State defense last week. What's your early take on the Spartans at the Wolverines? Yeah, a little bit of life in East Lansing now. I mean, the, to go into, I actually think it's sort of beneficial for them to have a bye week after a win now because all of a sudden, it's like hitting a reset button. And now you get a week to rest up, things settle down. It's been a really hectic you know, first half of the season for them. Um, and, and you have life now. And you're, you know, Michigan State's not going to hit the goals that it set out for this season. I mean, one of them uh, is obviously to beat Michigan. But, you know, they're not going to win a Big Ten championship. They're still fighting for bowl eligibility. So you know, there's, there's a lot. They're always going to pour their heart and soul into this game. Um, you know, the, the Michigan rivalry is something that has has continually breathed life into some pretty, I mean, objectively speaking, some pretty incredible upsets and, and games where, you know, they kind of find Michigan sleeping, so to speak. So, you know, for, for Michigan State, I think it's, you know, when I look at what they do well offensively, it's what won them the game last year, the Peyton, the Peyton Thorne to, you know, those, those, those wide receivers, those guys were able to make plays. 
Um, you know, Michigan's pass rush is going to have to have a big day. Yeah, I, I don't know what – I haven't seen really any spreads on it yet. I would probably say that this is probably a 17 to 20-point spread in favor of the Wolverines. But, you know, again, I know it's a cliche, but when those two teams play, weird stuff happens. And now we're playing at night on Halloween weekend uh, when things have been pretty weird uh, in that situation in the past. So we'll see what happens. I, I think Michigan State will be ready to play, but I also think Michigan will. Uh, this is a game they've had scheduled last year was a storybook year in a lot of ways, but that game at Michigan State just, just, I mean, it was the one blemish on a season that was kind of one for the ages for them. So they were lucky that that actually didn't wind up derailing some of the things that they were able to do later in the year. But we'll see what happens. I think that, uh, you know, they can't go, they can't fall to 0-3 against Mel Tucker. I don't think they will. Um, I think this team is focused. I like the way they handle their business, but, uh, big bye week uh, coming off two big wins for both teams now. I'm glad Michigan State won from a show perspective because it gives a little juice to the game. If they would have got beat up by Wisconsin, there'd be no energy. And now you get State still playing for their bowl lives. They would love to ruin Michigan's season uh, a week from Saturday night at the Big House. Uh, the night game has the intrigue back. You can follow everything leading up to that game and all Michigan sports 24-7 at thewolverine.com. And, Anthony, I really like your statement you said at the beginning, and it's the first time. It's the first time that I've seen Michigan uh, that I feel like they're in that Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia category. Not that they're there yet with a complete roster of NFL-like talent, but the fact that they can come right at you, you know what's coming. Usually Alabama wins those games. They did on Saturday against Tennessee, whose offense is just Josh Heupel is a genius. And I ask what he did for Scott Frost at UCF and what he's doing right now at Tennessee. But I do agree. And I look at this year. Georgia is not the same Georgia as last year with an NFL defense that produced, what, seven draft picks. Ohio State, they haven't played anybody yet, so we don't know. Tennessee, legit, what, four top 25 wins. I'm not going to question them. And so they'll have to figure out how they get by Georgia to win the SEC East. You get Michigan, you get Clemson, you know, Alabama, we watch them get beat. Ole Miss, number seven in the country with no defense. This is the year. This is the year that I think Michigan can make a true run at getting another national championship if they play the way they did outside of a couple of plays against Penn State. Yeah, the key to that is just to continue to find the consistency. But I'm with you. I mean, this this is as I mean, it's the same five or six teams every year. But when you talk about you're you're in that group now, this is as wide open as it's ever been. I mean, I think Alabama has Bryce Young, and they're always going to be they're always going to be a tough out because Nick Saban has a, just a way of working his black magic. But they're more undisciplined than I've seen them be probably ever under Saban. I don't really like what they, uh, their offensive line or what they're doing in the trenches on either side of the ball. Georgia isn't historically good like they were last year. Ohio State still has questions. I mean, yeah, it's last year. Maybe maybe Michigan was punching a little bit above its weight class. We saw what happened when they played Georgia, but um, I don't. I just it is it is wide open this year, and that's what there are stakes. There, there are stakes to every game now um, that it's just it's, it's wide open. So, again, I'll stop short of calling it if, this, if it's going to happen, this will be the year. But 
I mean, if not now, in these circumstances, uh, I know they have they have a nice little window here, but they they are going to stay in the mix as long as they keep can can uh, continue to take care of business. So it's exciting. It's exciting to have that. This is a level of excitement and a level of football that is sort of reserved for south of the state line and, and most of the time only in like SEC countries. So, yeah, I would just say Michigan fans embrace it. Don't run away from it. And just track it week to week and see what happens. You know, one thing I will notice when like Georgia almost lost to Missouri or Alabama struggles at home against Texas A&M, and I've never seen an Alabama defense get trucked like that. I wonder if the NIL era will take away the true commitment to discipline and team play. I, I really wonder as we move forward, when players are getting paid, is there that will to win? Is there that will to play for a teammate before yourself? Sacrifice uh, stats for a victory. I This name, image, and likeness with these big boy programs, it will be interesting to see. Uh, you know, look at Texas A&M had $30 million NIL pool reportedly. Uh, you know, they're wondering if Jimbo Fisher can hold on to his job. It, you know, look at Wisconsin firing Chris. I, there is a, a professional feel to this where we watch pro teams who don't show up because these guys are getting paid and they don't care about winning. Used to be in college, winning was everything. So we'll see what happens moving forward with the big boy schools like Saban and Alabama when – you know, guys are getting seven figures to play quarterback for you. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing that Michigan has going in their favor right now is that they are so, they are so locked in and they are so together. And that sounds like cliches, but I think that the further and further we move into this sort of me, 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 get mine dynamic in college sports, um, the more you kind of appreciate how, how it's been built. Uh, in Ann Arbor and I know like they there are some things they need to figure out in their own NIL program and and on the recruiting trail but um, it just it feels like it should have never taken eight years to kind of get to this point but it does truly feel like that they're they're exactly where they need to be right now and the culture is as good as as it's ever been I think the talent is as good as it's ever been the coaching the player development um, they're checking off pretty much every single box right now got to Got to bring in some better players over these next couple classes, but they're they're doing. Jim Harbaugh's doing a terrific job. Uh, there's no question about that. Type of guy you're going to recruit. I don't know if it comes down to five stars anymore. It comes down to a star system based on guys who want to be team players and get something in return. That will be an interesting balance. We'll see how it plays out for those schools like Alabama moving forward. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics, including the walk-up to Michigan State at Michigan at thewolverine.com. Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey, Doug Skeen, John Borton, Chris Ballas. They do a great job. Anthony, wonderful conversation, my friend. Of course. Thank you for having me. Right. Yeah, Anthony Broom and Clayton Safey joining Borton and Ballas. It's like the Rolling Stones adding a couple of new, younger, hip musicians. Because when I think rock stars, I think Ballas and Borden.